Ion 2020 episode 317. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Ion 2020. I hope you enjoyed the new intro that I came up with. I'm just trying to test something out right now, and I wanted to give it a couple of weeks and try it out like that. Just see how I like it when I'm listening back to the show and stuff, and maybe I'll get some feedback from you guys as well. Just didn't want to have an intro with me talking. I didn't want to have an intro with anything about Ion 2020 either. I just kind of wanted to put together just some good sound and, you know, a couple of idiotic quotes from politicians and then one really good quote from Ron Paul. So uh, anyway, just uh, threw that together over the last couple of days messing around. So let me know how you like it. But welcome to Ion 2020, which is a libertarian look at the 2020 election. We've been taking a look not only at the 2020 election, but everything that's going on during 2020 as well. But we are in full swing with the election, right? We had the Democratic National Convention last week, and now we have the Republican national convention going on right now and i want to talk a little bit about that today as well as a little bit about this uh this jacob blake guy that uh had a that uh, you know obviously everyone's praying for the guy that he survives and everything like that because he did get shot seven times in the back he did get paralyzed as well so hopefully he has some sort of speedy recovery and a full recovery but Uh, I want to talk about that as well and give you guys my take because I think that there is a lot of spin out there going on. I also think that there's a lot of people that have very specific motives involved and that's on both sides. So I wanted to kind of take a middle ground approach on this thing as well and talk to you guys about that and my thoughts. So let's talk first though about the Republican National Convention because this thing, I mean, if... The Democratic National Convention was a snooze fest where you fell asleep during the whole thing. The Republican National Convention is kind of like, I mean, forgive me for saying it, but I'm going to say it. It feels like a cult worship, hero worship uh, assembly is <laughs> what it seems like to me. And I watched a little bit about of it on Monday, but I couldn't get through the whole thing. I mean, it was really hard. But I did end up listening to Nikki Haley's speech, which was generally okay. I mean, they're just propping up Donald Trump, you know? They're trying to give him credentials. They're trying to show that he is pulling out of the wars and stuff like that. But I must say, the first night, it kind of set the set the tone for me. And I couldn't watch more than about two or three speakers. And then I just listened to Nikki Haley's, Haley's speech. And then on the second night, I listened to like one or two speakers as well. And then I listened to Rand Paul's speech. And I listened to part of uh, Melania Trump's speech as well. Just to kind of see what they were going to be talking about. But it's hard to listen to. I mean, being a libertarian, I kind of stand in a place where I'm not really excited about Donald Trump. And I'm not really excited about Joe Biden. So 
Like I'm not gonna, I, I look through all the, all the BS that they're kind of spouting. I look through all of the kind of the hero worship stuff that's going on, but there was a few speakers, like the first two speakers, there was this lady named Tanya on Weinrist, I think is how you pronounce it. And she's a Montana coffee shop owner. And she's like saying, thank God for Donald Trump. I praise Jesus that Donald Trump is our president and all this stuff. And like, and then the way that she was speaking, obviously she was clearly very nervous. She's not, you know, somebody has a national, someone that has a national profile and she's doing this thing just because they must've invited her. I think her husband was a Marine or something like that as well. I mean, very pretty blonde haired lady. Uh, when you watched it, like when you're flipping through the channels, you're like, you're, you, you kind of have to stop and listen to her just for a second, just to see, but she was clearly very nervous. And then just the way that it, it, it was all, she was reading from the teleprompter, obviously as well. You can tell it was very obvious that she was reading from the teleprompter. And just my only critique was, it feels like there's a lot of hero worship that goes on in her mind. But then also, as, as I listen to people talk about the convention, just through Facebook and through conversations with people, it seems like there's some, there's just this hero worship of Donald Trump. It was like, I felt like it was cultish almost. And when people attribute everything to Donald Trump, like all of the success in America to Donald Trump, like you have to realize, guys, in that way, like a lot of people did that with Barack Obama as well. They attributed how great things are under Barack Obama. Look how great the economy did under Barack Obama because he brought it from the 2008 crisis through and we had a recovery from the recession and then the Republicans will say, oh yeah, but it was the slowest recovery of it in the history of of America or something like that. But there's this hero worship of these politicians and it's just specifically for Barack Obama back then, but it's even worse for Donald Trump. Like this guy can do no wrong in some people's eyes. And when I think about it, it's just, it's, it's terrifying if he wanted to do, I mean, this guy can do whatever he wants to. And one of the things I put on the intro to the show is when Doc, Barack, or when uh, Donald Trump said that the authority is total and he has this feeling that his authority is total and he can do whatever he wants. Now, I don't believe that he has like a, a moral compass by any means. I don't think that he has anything, any desire except to win, right? That's where his moral compass is. So he will do what it takes to win and he will say what it takes to win and he'll lead the country towards a direction that he gets just enough people to vote from that he'll win in some ways or in his mind he thinks that they'll vote for him and he has to appease his base and all that but what about in a second term when he's not really looking to win again at that point maybe he's trying to create a dynasty for his family for his kids for maybe for maybe them to go into politics at some point so i mean maybe he would work in that direction to try to keep some sort of you know conservative-ish values in that way but when you think that you have total when your authority is total that's kind of scary and then when you have people that think that this guy could do no wrong that scares me even more because he can do wrong he's done things that are wrong
He's done many things that are wrong. I mean, a lot of the trade deals that he works out, a lot of the way that he goes about administ like the way that he goes about talking in this country. I mean, there's clearly division in this country. There's no desire on his part to kind of bring people together, but there's clearly division. I mean, there's riots in the streets in this country. So he's not doing everything right. I mean, Barack Obama in his first term, he didn't have necessarily riots in the street by any means, but he had the Tea Party protesters out there marching on Washington, doing protests and stuff. And those are like older people that were in the Tea Party movement. So they're not going to get out there and start breaking, breaking stuff. But when you get younger people out there, I mean, there's clearly this huge division. This, he, he's not speaking to those people. And to me, that's a problem. I would try at least to bring, to bring some people together if that was the case. But there's the hero worship, and it's like everyone that was talking acts like none of that stuff is even happening. And if it is happening, it's just pure lawlessness. It's not because there's sort of a slight unrest among people in their minds. There's insecurity. There's clearly insecurity that people have. And I talked about this one time before. It's the idea that you need to seek first to understand, then to be understood. And I was speaking specifically of uh, that kid, Nicholas um, Sandyman, I think his name is, who was standing in front of, or him and his group were standing there, and then that Indian guy came up and started beating his drum in front of his face. And then all of a sudden, it becomes news that this kid is the face of racism in America. I remember Rachel Maldow actually saying that. That this is the face of racism in America. Look at it. This is the face of racism. Before they even knew anything that was going on, before anyone even looked at the entire video, it was already spewed out there as if if it's the face of racism. But I was communicating with some people earlier today who were talking about this thing, and they were making it sound like he was just a racist in in a in the next leader of the white you know of, of the white supremacists or the clan or something like that and she, this lady says and i said well i i can't remember exactly how this lady put it but then what she said is uh well don't you know why they were even there because he's because they were there for a anti-abortion rally that is okay with women being raped and all and taking away women's freedom and all that And I was saying to myself, if you would seek to understand people's point of view, you would kind of get a general idea of why somebody would be pro-life or pro-choice. But nobody wants to... Nobody wants to seek to understand other people's ideas. People have generally different opinions, and it's okay to listen to their opinion. You don't have to agree with them, but seek to understand why they feel that way. In all of this stuff that's going on, we need to figure that out. And there's no desire. It's the, the news media, the politicians on both sides, they seek to divide. And everyone stands on their side acting like, not, acting like everything's perfect. Or it's only them. It's their fault. We're okay. Everything's okay. It's just their fault. That small group over there, it's their fault. And that's what they do on the right and on the left. 
So I'm listening to the Republican National Convention, and yeah, it doesn't put you to sleep. It just feels cultish. It's a scary feeling when I listen to it. And now, those are the those are the people who are just reading from like reading from the reading from their script that they have, right? There's a couple speakers. Obviously, they're not good speakers. They're not people that are ready for the national stage, but they're thrown up on that stage anyway. I'm, I'm sure it was like that in the Democratic National Convention as well, which is fine. So, uh, but then if you listen to like Nikki Haley speak, if you listen to Tim Scott speak, if you listen to Rand Paul speak, generally they attribute a lot to Donald Trump, a lot more than really is necessary to, to attribute it to him. But they got to build the guy up. They have to build the guy up on what he's done, on the accomplishments that he's had. But it's just, I, it's it's hard for me to watch. So I don't know how you guys felt about that. I'd love to hear from you, though. You can do that. Uh, you can actually, you know, send me messages through Facebook or on Twitter. I mean, you could just call out at I Am The Empire, and, and I guess I'll see it there as well. Uh, but I'd love to hear from you guys and see what your opinions are on this thing as well. Um, I did not, I'm recording just before, uh, just before the convention starts on Wednesday night right now for a release tomorrow morning. So I didn't get to see what's going to happen. Uh, but I know that I guess president or vice president Pence will be speaking as well. And, you know, maybe I'll talk about that on Friday or on Monday. I'll definitely do a wrap up show for the convention as well. I was doing this show once a, or every day, Monday through Friday for a while, but I just can't do it. I don't have the time in my life to do it more than two days a week now. So, uh, and I have to, and I have to record when I can because I have a lot of stuff going on in my life. But anyway, let's talk about the other topic today that I wanted to talk about, which is the, uh, shooting that happened on Sunday night. And the guy's name was Jacob Blake, I believe. And I'm going to get a I'm going to get a little bit of information about that. Uh, let me scroll through really. Okay, so the other day, that was on Sunday around 5 o'clock, Jacob Blake was shot seven times by a police officer. And I heard about it on Monday morning. Well, I didn't hear about it before that. But on Monday morning, I woke up and I heard about it. And I was like, okay, this is going to be interesting. Uh on what happens, because I heard there was riots and stuff like that, but I didn't want to make any type of judgment right off the bat, like, I didn't want to jump to conclusions, because I think jumping to conclusions about these things, automatically assuming that the police officer was wrong, automatically assuming that the uh, person that was shot was in the wrong, is, it's just not the right way to go about looking into a situation like this, right, so, anyway, so, on Monday morning, I started just reading articles and my goal was to find facts but most of it was opinion by that point right i mean you read cnn and you read different news articles you go to vox and like all the different articles that come up you're just trying to find and pinpoint little bits of facts about the story because automatically i just thought to myself when i saw the video because the first thing i did when i heard about it i watched the video that first video that came out there's been two videos that came out one came out on Monday, one came, or must have come out on Sunday night or something like that. Then one of them came out maybe Monday afternoon or Tuesday morning or something. And the first video 
It was about 42, 43 seconds long, and it was hard to find one that was just the video because all of them had like little headlines on what was happening and all that junk. And I didn't want to see the headlines of what someone's interpretation of the situation was. I wanted to look at it in an unbiased way. Because like I said, I didn't want to jump to conclusions about the particular event because I was trying to look at it objectively, which is very hard to do in this day and age. Because everyone, they'll watch a 40-second video, see the person get shot, and automatically, the police officer's in the wrong, they weren't making a good decision, they were racist, they were doing it because he was black, whatever, you know? So, I just wanted to look at it in an objective way. So I decided at that point that I was not going to really... You know, I was just going to look at facts. I wasn't going to look at a bunch of opinion articles and stuff. But like I said, it's hard to find opinion, anything that's other than opinion. So I watched the video. And this is what I was thinking when I watched the video. I, I watched it. And if you watch it quick, you see the cops coming around the corner. You see, you see Jacob Blake come walking around the car. And it kind of starts with Jacob Blake at the uh, passenger side front corner. That's where the video kind of gets clear, and then it shows him strutting across the front of the vehicle, and he kind of pulls up his pant like that, like he just grabs his pant, and he pulls it up, and then he goes around to the front door, opens up the door, and starts moving in the direction as if he's getting in, but he's kind of ducking into the car, so I'm not sure what's going on there at the time. So that was my that was the facts of the situation. But the first thing I noticed is the cops had their guns drawn already. So I said, well, why would they have their guns drawn already? There's got to be beforehand, right? There's got to be something that happened beforehand of why they already had their of their had their guns drawn. Cuz cops don't just pull up and pull out their guns unless there's like a situation that's happening at that point in the first place. But if it was just some dude you know, pumping gas, they're not, I mean, the way that the, the way that the media described it, like a lot of these opinion pieces that I saw, or a lot of the headlines were like, guys getting into a car and the, and the cops shoot him in the back. Like he was just getting into his car, like he was walking from the mall, hopped into his car, and as he was hopping in the car, cops shoot him in the back. Guys getting into his car, three kids are there, and the, and the cops shoot him in the back. Like the, the headlines were just atrocious and completely completely biased because they weren't telling the exact facts of the situation guys running from the police hops into his car or opens up his door and he gets shot in the back bends down gets shot in the back i don't know i mean that that's the headlines were there to create chaos in some way because if you were just a headline reader all you're gonna see is Cops just shot a black guy in the back. White cops shoot black guy in the back. Obviously, you're going to take to the streets and riot. Obviously, you're going to get pissed off. Obviously, there's going to be more ammunition to fan those flames. More air fanning those flames, you know? So, I at, the point, at that point, I'm sitting there. And the second video had not come out yet. But all I was thinking to myself is that. That, well, there had to have been stuff going on previous to. Now, I'm not judging whether the cops, obviously the cops shooting a guy is a tragedy, right? 
he didn't die, thank goodness. He's paralyzed from the waist down, supposedly. I mean, as of right now, when I'm recording, they said that they're going to be removing like half of his intestine. They had to remove his pancreas. They were shot him straight through the back. Parts of his stomach have holes in it. Like, he's going to be having a very hard time in life for a long time. So obviously that's a tragedy. He got shot seven times in the back by an officer. Like, I am not downgrading that. I'm not downplaying that at all. And from a policing standpoint, I kind of go back and forth. And the reason why is because of the libertarian in me. In a in a libertarian utopia, we would have private police forces and all that crap. Um, that would never happen, by the way. So I'm not. I don't, I don't even like to live in that libertarian utopia mindset. Like you guys know that if you listen to the show at any point, you know that I don't like to talk about the utopia that people you know hope to hope that happens one day because that's not going to happen. We're fighting for little bits of freedom as a libertarian. So. We're living in a world where police are trained in certain ways, and one of them is, you know, if somebody escalates on you, you have to escalate back. You have to push forward because you're trying to make an arrest. So in this situation, I'm kind of torn. Yes, the, the officer used too much force. Yes, maybe they um, pulled up on the guy and they misunderstood the situation. Like, I don't know. I mean, that's what I'm trying to figure out. What were the cops thinking in their minds at the time that this happened? What were they thinking in their minds? But I was trying to just, at this point, I'm trying to, you know, assess the, the facts of the situation. And all the facts that you have is something was happening previous to this guy coming around the car. Because it starts with him basically at the front fender front passenger side fender of the car and then he walks around across the front to the driver's side door opens the driver's side door and kind of ducks into it with the cops on his trail one of the cops grabs his i mean you guys have seen the video so you know but i'm trying to assess the situation the facts are something was happening previous to that video getting shot right previous to the video coming on to Jacob Blake, something something happened before and because the cops had their guns drawn already. So that's a fact. That's something you could interpret. You could extrapolate that from that situation, right? And then the other thing is there's you don't know this, but there's three kids in that car. So what do you do in that situation, right? If you're a police officer, he's going into a car that you know that there's three kids in that car, and he's going around the car recklessly like to me that's a very reckless situation to, to put your kids into when you have cops guns drawn following you to your car and then you go and open up the door they uh, it's an unknown for a police officer it's an unknown once you open up that door and police officers they are agents of the state they are going to escalate like i know this you know this everybody knows that the police officers are going to escalate the situation. So why are you going to resist the arrest? I wouldn't. Fight it in court. You're a black man, so maybe you know that's what you're thinking in your mind. But you're not going to get away. You're not going to get away. 
And what, are you going to take your kids in a high-speed chase? That's the other thing I'm thinking. Why would he go to, the, to go to the front door of his car? If he wanted to yell into the car and tell the kids, hey, sit down, just chillax, dude. I'm getting arrested here. If you were going to do that, you can go to the driver's side door. But no, you walk around to the front of the door with the cops with, their dro- with, the, with the guns drawn. So you open up the door. If you were going to yell into there, by that point, the cop's grabbing you anyway, right? But what, are you going to get away from the cops, jump in the car, and drive away into a high-speed chase with your kids in the car? That's irresponsible in that way, too. So I don't know what this guy was thinking at that point. I don't. But this is on Monday. I'm, I'm looking into this stuff, and all th- those are the two loose ends that I'm trying to figure out. What happened beforehand, and why on earth is he going to the front door of his car? There's no other reason why he would have went to his front door of his car except to either, one, drive away and try to get away, or two, go get something. That's what I was thinking. Now, according to the person that recorded that first video that came out, he heard the cops say, put down the knife. But then the guy says, but I didn't see a knife. And then you start hearing the family. The family has lawyers that came. Jacob Blake's family had lawyers that came. And the lawyers said, oh, no, he did not have a weapon in his car. So that kind of framed the situation. So now at this point, we're getting opinions. We're getting the family is now framing the situation. They're owning the media because they're the only ones that are talking. The cops aren't talking. The cops are doing investigations. So they're able to throw things out there. One of the key points that they said is that there was no weapon in the car. He wasn't going for the weapon. He was just trying to get into his car. He All he cared about was his family and his kids. But when you think about that, that does not seem to be the scenario because you're not going to bring three cars to or three cops around the car while your kids are watching and then you're going to get in and do a high speed chase. Like that doesn't make sense to me either. So I'm still not trying to jump to a conclusion though because I don't know what happened beforehand. All I'm thinking to myself in my mind is I'm not going to resist the arrest at all. If I'm doing nothing wrong, then I'm going to be out of jail in a few minutes anyway as soon as I get there. I'll be bonded out, court case thrown out, whatever. It kind of sucks. We live in a, in a police state in some ways. We live in a situation in this world where we have to deal with police officers because that's the, w- the way that the system is, right? But there's a lot of distrust in the African American community because of things that have happened over the last several months. Like, those are things that are going on. So in that guy's mind, that's probably stuff that he's thinking as well. Jacob Blake is probably thinking that if he goes to jail, he's never getting out. Just like, what was it, the guy that was in Atlanta that got shot the other day when he, or a couple months back, whenever he uh, turned around and fired a taser towards the police officers, and he didn't want to go to jail, he didn't want to have that DUI, so he started resisting arrest at that point. Gets into a scuffle with the officers, grabs a taser, takes off running, turns around, fires a taser towards the police officers, and they shoot him in the back. Big riots going on in Atlanta over that. Like, that's probably what maybe what Jacob Blake was thinking at the point. But we don't know at that situation what was happening before. And that was me on Monday. I, I didn't know what was going on. 
But more information starts coming out. You get another video, and it shows a scuffle going on with the police officers. It's actually at the back passenger side, like the trunk area. Three, maybe four police officers are having a scuffle with this guy, trying to get him under control, it looked like to me. And then he gets away. Like, he was able to get a, like, people say, oh, you have four police officers just subdue the guy. The four, or the three, four police officers could not subdue the guy in the first place when they're sitting there trying to get him in. They can't use a chokehold because that's probably illegal by now, you know, or whatever. I'm not sure exactly how, what the situation is in, in Wisconsin, but they couldn't subdue him. He gets out from their grasp and goes around the car. So at this point, I say, okay, he's resisting arrest or something. And it must, it was most likely arrest in my mind because I don't know that cops are just going to pull up and just grab a guy and start wrestling him to the ground. Unless there's a legitimate reason to do that. Like it does, I mean, that maybe that, maybe that's my white privilege speaking. I don't know, but I just don't think that. Three, three or four officers are going to pull up and just grab a guy and throw him in, into a headlock and try to, you know, wrestle him to the ground. There must have been something going on as well. Before that, before the scuffle that we see on the second video that comes out, there must be some other stuff going on before that. So we don't know because there's no video. So I'm trying not to make... I'm not trying to ju- jump to you know quick judgments on this whole situation or anything like that, but that was where I was at. And then tonight, so I'm recording this on Wednesday evening, and tonight there's a big uh, or there's a big press conference that goes on, and they and the 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 attorney general for Wisconsin says, by the way, there was a knife in the car. And the cops were called because there was a guy in an apartment that was not supposed to be there. They don't know if, he didn't say if that was Jacob Blake or not. But that's why the cops were called there. And then the other story is maybe he was trying to break up a conflict between two women. But maybe he was in that apartment. We're not sure. But maybe that girl called the cops on him. Or maybe they didn't. Who knows? It could have been a completely different apartment. It could have been a completely different situation. That dude might have beat the crap out of some woman while all this stuff was happening. And the cops went to the wrong place and started messing with Jacob Blake. Who knows? So they might have went for the wrong guy. And then Jacob Blake's like, dude, I'm just trying to take my kids and get going. And you're going to bother me. And then he starts fighting with them and gets breaks loose and, and goes. And if that's the case, then he's in... then. I don't know, I still, in my mind, I still probably would have not fought the cops. Like, to be honest with you, you got three kids in the car, man. Choose your battles, right? And I hear people say, oh, yeah, you're just, you know, just, just, that's a cop-out to say don't resist, don't resist. But know what? If you have nothing to lose, then yeah, make a big statement and all that crap. Be a martyr. But you have three kids in the car, that's what I was thinking as well tonight so it turns out I mean I'm thinking right now and this is this is me not jumping to conclusions because I was not jumping to conclusions Monday Tuesday and Wednesday until this new information comes out he 
was clearly, uh, from what I see, Jacob Blake was not just getting into the car. Like, he was reaching into the car. If you slow that video down, he goes down and is reaching. So, it seems to me he was likely reaching for a knife. That's what it seemed like to me. And they said that the knife was on the floorboard. Now, was the district attorney lying? Was that knife planted there conveniently? It's possible. It really is. So you can't even jump to too many conclusions there either. Because I wouldn't put it past police officers to, to, you know, cover their own tail in a situation like that as well. So it's hard to tell. I mean, I guess it'll play out in court. It'll play out in the minds of public public opinion. And it'll play out in the streets of every city in America for the next week or two while there's riots and rallies and all this stuff. Rallies, fine. Protests, fine. Riots. I mean, I am just tired of the riots. I'm tired of the fighting. I'm tired of the division and all that stuff. And it's just sickening me. And then you have, on top of this, you have, like, militia people coming to so-called protect buildings. I'm using air quotes when I say that because apparently someone got some 17-year-old kid shot three people the other night as well. So I mean, it's just absolute insanity, guys, that's going on right now. It really is. But I guess I'll keep you guys posted on what some more of this information about this Jacob Blake uh, story is because it's it's a really interesting story, man. But it comes down to this, man. We are in a situation in America where there is over-policing going on, right? Now, this was not a drug situation. This was not anything like that. This was actually legitimately someone calls 911 and asks the cops to come there. Whether they were coming there for Jacob Blake or not, that's another story. We'll figure that out down the road. If he was the person, if he was the... Because I guess this lady called and it was she was calling on her boyfriend who was not supposed to be there so maybe she had a warrant out for him supposedly this guy had a warrant out for his arrest in the first place so maybe he had a some sort of warrant or something that would keep him from even being around her in the first place like a restraining order of some sort I don't know but I guess that's all gonna play out at some point but public opinion has been formed the the history has been written at this point I talked about this the other day the history has been written about this situation already. The people are going to remember about Jacob Blake is that he was an innocent guy just trying to get into his car like he was pumping gas and was shot in the back. There's a lot more to that story than just he was getting into his car. But that's the story that's been written. That's the headline that made the news. That is what people remember, you know, 10 years down the road from now. And that's it. But we need really police reform. We need to end the drug war, because that'll end the over-policing. And when there's over-policing, that automatically creates distrust of police officers in specific communities. And that leads to situations like this as well. And that could be a good starting point. End the war on drugs. End the war on drugs, guys. And then we have way less contact with police officers throughout our lives especially in the inner cities and in, you know, lower, you know, poorer neighborhoods and stuff like that. But hey, guys, I appreciate you joining me for another look at 2020 and the 2020 election. Uh, Go ahead, if you can, 
give me a five-star rating review. I'd appreciate that. Uh, go to your favorite podcatcher and you can give me a five-star rating if, it's a, if that's an option for you. I know it is on Apple Podcasts. Also, you can follow me on Facebook and on Twitter by just typing in at Eye on the Empire. Then you go to www.ionetheempire.com. Why did I throw the W's in there? Ionetheempire.com. And uh, that's where I post a bunch of news and stuff like that. Uh, if you want to keep having great information, I appreciate you listening to the show. Uh, best thing you can do to stay informed is to uh, come on back on Monday so you can have clear vision for 2020. <laughs>